So we're recording this episode on June 30th, which is the 27th anniversary of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. What's another geek fact that makes us need to pull out our AARP cards? Um, Lydia, what do you have? So I have an answer that I prepared just to annoy Tabitha, but she's not here. Of course. And then I also found an answer that I feel like she would give. So I'm going to give you both. So the one to annoy her is on this day in 2004, Spider-Man 2, the Tobey Maguire one, released in theaters. Ugh. And then just for Tabitha, today was also the uh, day that uh, Margaret Mitchell's Gone with the Wind was published in 1936. Huh. Work. We're coming up on a hundred years mm-hmm. of Gone with the Wind. I mean, like, kind of, yeah, fourteen years. Yeah, that, I mean, that sounds like correct math. <laughs> yeah, like the chances of us living to see it are, are pretty good. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot can happen in fourteen years. I mean, it can, but yeah, I, I would hope we wouldn't need that much of an ARP card. Like, that's true. That is true. Um, for me, it's not an exact you know, number or exact fact or anything like that. But just for the simple fact, like, so if the Simpsons aged in real time, Bart would be in his like mid forties right now. Oof. Yeah. I don't see him maturing much though. He sure wouldn't. No. Absolutely not. That's terrifying though. Yeah. Oh man. Maggie would probably be, no, Maggie would be old enough to drink. Yeah. Yeah, that makes me feel real old. (laughs) Still sucking on that pacifier, though. I feel like that could be taken in a very bad way. Yeah, I thought about that right as I said it. Oh, well, we're leaving it in. (laughs) You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, Lydia, and Ticket. We try to stay away from politics on this podcast, but there are instances like this where it's necessary. Uh, In case you haven't heard, the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade, uh, leaving the legality of abortion up to the states, effectively outlawing it in multiple states immediately. Uh, My guests, along with other Star Wars podcasters, decided to do something about it and started a GoFundMe to help women get access to abortion. Uh, What choice? SW Fans for Abortion Access has raised more than $40,000 in its first three days. Joining me are two of the organizers, Rachel and David. Uh, Rachel, David, how are you guys doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, So let's just, let's get right into it. You know, what, what prompted you to start this GoFundMe and why connect it to Star Wars? We decided to start it because we are on a Star Wars podcast and all of us have been pretty ticked at what's going on recently. Um, We've chosen to address some of these issues on our podcasts before um, when we've seen misogyny and problems in the fandom. And this just, we could see we were all really annoyed and we decided to do something about it. Yeah, it was one of those things that we just, we knew we needed to come together And we knew that we needed to do something that everyone can participate in. And we decided to do the fundraiser. Nice. So how will the funds from what choice help women needing an abortion? They are going to the National Abortion Federation, which is um, a nonprofit that does multiple things. It is nationwide and it runs hotlines in multiple languages to educate um, women and those who can give birth on the various options they have in their state. And it also runs funds to get women and others who give birth abortions that they need. And if they need to travel to go to a state where um, a later term abortion might be possible in case of mother's health issues, baby health issues, stuff like that. So they run multiple funds for that. They also help security for clinics because there's been a massive uptick in violence against abortion clinics. So that that is something else they do. Even though the actual ruling came out last week, 
it was leaked weeks ago. Uh, was this something that you've been planning on since the leak, or is it something that you just kind of decided to do once the ruling became official? <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I Rachel, wish we'd ahead. been. No, I wish we'd been planning it since the league. <laughs> We've done this all in three days. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I was looking at sort of, uh, you know, how everything started. And it, it, it was really just a few of us getting together saying, hey, we need to do something. And fast forward a few days later, it turned into what it's become. And it's, it's been absolutely insane in the best way thanks so why is abortion necessary i mean i think we all know the answer but you know i want to hear it i want to hear it from you abortion is necessary because abortion is health care there are so many reasons why a person may not want to carry a pregnancy to term or may not wish to give birth. Um, people like to say adoption is the answer and adoption is not an alternative to pregnancy. It's an alternative to parenting. There are so many things that pregnancy can do to someone's body. We had, um, we, when we had a stream about this, one of our co-hosts or our uh, yeah, co-hosts on it had just had a baby. And she was telling us how traumatic delivery and pregnancy is for her wanted pregnancy. You know, what if it's a pregnancy you don't want and you still have to go through all that happening to your body? And it's it's just so important. We know what happens to women and others before Roe versus Wade. When you people would die of back alley abortions or you'd get sent away for nine months. And that's we don't want to return to that world. Right. And I also just to add um People need to have that choice, you know, and this ruling is effectively taking away that choice from many, many people. And that is also the driving force for this fundraiser, because as Rachel mentioned, for a variety of reasons why someone may need to have an abortion. And by taking away that choice from somebody, it's the effects of this are going to be devastating. So like you mentioned, the funds raised from what choice go to the National Abortion Federation, uh, was there any reason why you chose this particular group? Well, we were looking at a couple of groups. Um, we knew we wanted to, honestly, we picked the platform first. We knew we wanted to use GoFundMe for ease of donations because of um, the ability to give directly to charity, but we could also see our effect. And we thought that that would be very important for a lot of people to be able to see what we're doing. And so... Um, one of the organizers after our first little little planning session went, okay, I'm going to research a bunch of things and then you can look at ones and decide which ones you want. And there was a couple, there's um, networks of little abortion funds all throughout the country. We knew we didn't want to give to Planned Parenthood because they're great, but many people give to them. And right now it needs to be more on the ground. Um, this one was nationwide and to donate to like the national um, abortion fund network, it, you have to pick an area, but we knew we were going to have people involved from all across the country. Like I, I'm in the Midwest, but David's in Florida. So we're already halfway across the country. And this one stood out to us because of the fact that there are those hotlines that are multilingual because this span will most strongly hit those who are already marginalized. So people who may not have English as their first language, people who are undocumented, uh, people of color, poor people, disabled people, and having those hotlines to have a way to reach out and give people options was really important to me. Yeah, I second everything Rachel just said. And one thing I really like about uh, the National Abortion Federation is their transparency. I mean, you can look at their latest um, tax form. Um, so they lay everything out there, and I thought it was a great choice. Yeah, we, um, I, I put everything that we were looking at into, I believe it's called Charity Navigator, because I wanted to make sure that we weren't giving to something that would give all the money to their CEO. And this was um, very transparent, had very good scores on that. And they've reached out twice through the GoFundMe. They have the ability to email me as the, the uh, through the email address I used to set it up. And they, um, they, they've reached out to thank me and to say, um, if you need to know anything about what we do, please reach out. We would love to tell you more. So they've, they've been great too. That is, that is amazing. Yeah. So I want to switch gears slightly and kind of talk about, you know, like 
you know, obviously you're both, you, you do Star Wars podcasts. So, you know, yeah, of course you would have like, kind of like that Star Wars, you know, spin to it, but what choice? So it's based on a quote from Rogue One's Jen Erso. Star Wars has many badass women, but what is it about Jen? I feel like David's waiting for me to talk, right? Now. You're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you guys don't know me, but anybody who knows me knows that Rogue One is my favorite movie. Jin Erso is everything to me. She's my favorite character. Um, but I was not the one who came up with it, actually. Um, I always have Jin in all of my stuff, but that's me. Um, another one of our our core group that's all of the followers of the Force together, um, Meg, she... Um, she said, well, what are we going to name it? Because there's been other initiatives in the Star Wars fandom. There's one running now called the Amidala Initiative because they wanted to name it after the character they admired, um, which is for equality, Texas, and trans rights. So um, they're doing great work as well. And we kind of based our effort on them. But when uh, Meg happened to say, what if we called it something after that quote of gins that Rachel likes? And I'm like, well, there's a lot of quotes of gins that Rachel likes. But I knew <laughs> what one she was talking about. And I said, what about if we just call it what choice as a question? Like, you know, it's that idea of fighting back, even though like we can't change the Supreme Court decision. We do not have that power. I do not have a time turner to cross fandoms. Um, but we have almost no choice but to fight back in this way because we can't what chance do we have the question is what choice it's not a choice for me to do stuff like this I feel like I have to because I have the ability to fight back so that's what we picked and because of the the use of choice so often if you're for abortion rights you're called pro-choice so we kind of figured it would it would go with that too it gets picked up by keyword searches for choice and it just it really just said everything we wanted to say and yeah. um yeah. our friend maggie made us a beautiful logo using the outline of gin and it's it's been great yeah she was the perfect um character to model this whole thing after and uh right when meg said it and once we all thought about it i was like there's no better choice than using gin and using this quote uh, as sort of the tagline for this whole fundraiser. Outside of this, um, I'm going to a um, bans off our bodies protest in a few weeks, but I've already started making my sign. And my sign is without thinking about this, I started this 10 days ago the party I got COVID at, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> um, sorry if I'm wheezing. Um, but I started to put a think of what quote to put on a sign. And that's the quote that was going on my sign before any of this happened was what chance do we have? The question is what choice? That's awesome. I mean, not that you got COVID at a party. That's, that's, awesome. <laughs> I do apologize if I'm wheezing, but we're better, better. I'm fine. Well, that's good. <laughs> Um, so like I said before, what choice, this is, this is crazy. You guys have raised more than $40,000 in like three days. Um, uh, did you expect that kind of response? No, <laughs> we initially, our goal was $5,000 and we were like, oh, you know, maybe we'll get close, uh, sometime this week, you know, and then if in the miracle chance that we reach 5,000, then we'll raise it and just see how it goes from there. When I tell you everybody was floored when we were at, you know, 5,000 in like a couple hours, we were like, okay, this is going to be something. And even then we didn't think it would turn into what it's become. I was talking to David last night. And I said, have you really stopped to think about what we're doing? And he said, no, I haven't really yet. Why? And I go, we've raised more than a lot of people's annual salary in three days. We've had people from the Lucasfilm story group retweeting us. We've had actors who have been in the Star Wars animations working with us. 
we have authors donating prizes to our raffles. It's just been the most insane ride I've ever been on. And we didn't get on it this, we didn't do this because we wanted to, you know, go viral, but there's nothing I would rather go viral for than this. Exactly. That's, that's phenomenal. So how long do you plan to keep what choice active on GoFundMe? Or at this point, do you even have, you know, an end date? As far as I know, we don't really currently have an end date. Um, people are still running raffles and we still have multiple raffles open. I think when we end out those raffles and do that sort of thing, we might close it within a month or so, or just see where it honestly is kind of the ride where we're going on. We are actually hoping, no official announcements yet, we're hoping that we can keep the idea going and fundraise for other worthy causes with our dedicated group that we've kind of pieced together with this. Just a bunch of Star Wars fans and podcasters who went, I'm mad, let's do something about it. Nice. Um, I do want to, like, differ slightly um, because, you know, I you know, I gave you guys these questions beforehand and I, and I try to do that. I try not to, you know, spring stuff on people, but you keep mentioning this raffle. And, you know, even though I did a little bit of research, I don't know anything about this. So what, what raffles are you talking about? Uh, David, uh, do you want to talk sure. about some of them? Sure. So for the podcast, we decided to do um, raffles ranging from $10 to a hundred dollars. Um, and there's a $5 entry that anyone who donates five, We'll get a personalized book recommendation from our co-host Meg, who has been instrumental in this whole process. Um, and the raffles include uh, an audible giveaway for audiobooks. Um, this one we're doing is for Star Wars Brotherhood, and there are seven copies available of that. Uh, we're doing raffles for about 10 t-shirts uh, that we created called Resist Rebel with the Rebel Alliance logo in the back. Um, and several others that would allow people to um, co-host the podcast with us um, on a number of different shows. So a lot of cool stuff that um, people can get a chance to do if they donate. And that's just for like our personal podcast is doing that. Um, mm -hmm. There's other people, um, the one that's being run off of the What Choice 22 Twitter account, which is there's one Twitter account that's just dedicated to this versus me running it off my personal account. Um, we've had people donating. Um, Roberto, who's a, a, an, a, an artist on Star Wars Twitter who does beautiful Star Wars prints, is donating a custom sketch to someone who donates $25 or more. We're, we're drawing a name. Um, Beth Rivas, who wrote... Um, Rebel Rising and is writing the upcoming The Princess and the Scoundrel uh, donated two signed books that somebody is going to get who's donated to our GoFundMe. Um, I can't even remember all of the stuff. It's been a lot. Um, yeah. Other podcasts have donated things and other podcasts are running raffles as well. You know, if they have a spare book or something, um, each kind of each person in this little coalition we have that can is offering up something to give to their fans who've donated. I um, made the unfortunate choice on my personal Twitter to say, because I'm known for loving Rogue One, okay, if you donate $25 or more and message it to me, I will do a live watch on Discord with all of you of Rogue One. So you get to hear me talk about Rogue One while we're watching it. <laughs> um, and people have taken me up on that. And then I said, okay, but if you do... 25 to this and 25 to the Abdallah initiative. We'll, we'll add another Star Wars movie, whatever. If you, if you give us a hundred bucks, I'll watch the Star Wars holiday special with you. Yes. <laughs> and two of my friends called my bluffs and immediately each donated a hundred dollars. And I'm like, I love you, but I hate you. right now. <laughs> but so we're watching the Star Wars holiday special for charity. And I'm sure I will have a live reaction video somewhere because I have watched it once and I hate that stupid movie, but I will watch it for this. And it's just been really cool. People are offering book recommendations. People have put up sticker designs that they're making and pins and raffling off books and giving pieces of their collection. Someone's raffle prize is a industrial light magic jacket that was um, from Solo and stuff like that. So everybody's giving something for the cause and it's been fantastic to see. 
Now that's that's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, so what advice do you have for anyone who wants to get involved with social issues like this and they, they just don't know where to start? Honestly, um, I think I don't know what David's advice, which would be um, probably going back to the time he brought me onto the podcast and stopping that decision. But, you know, it's been a great ride. Um, uh, I would just say just I mean, start don't reinvent the wheel, follow other activists, especially especially other activists from marginalized groups. Um, don't talk over people who have been in the fight for a long time, but um, mostly just if you decide you want to do something, do something. Research where your money can best go and see what you can do. You know, you may only have uh, the ability to, you know, put it out there on your quote unquote silly Star Wars podcast. But we've seen that when a bunch of people with little Star Wars podcasts come together, we can get pretty big. Yeah. And, um, you know, I have no experience uh, before this in any sort of activist work, if you can call this that. Um, this is activist and, work. It counts. Okay, perfect. I, I like to, uh, I'm always in my house. I don't really go out anywhere. So I'm like, <laughs> I hope this is, hope this is okay. Um, but yeah, and I would just say that, you know, surround yourself with people who um, have the same goal as you and who can work together really well and who, who really want to make a difference. Uh, I really think that's a key part of it. Nice, nice. Um, so real quick, before I get to my last question, uh, I know that this is not why you, the both of you agreed to be on this, but real quick, uh, pl pl plug your podcast real quick. Tell us, you know, where can they, the name of it, where they can find it, all that good stuff. Sure. So the podcast is called Followers of the Force. You can find us on Twitter at F-O-T-F podcast. Uh, we're also on Instagram at followers of the force podcast. Um, you can find us on iTunes Spreaker. Um, we have some new episodes coming out this week and you can check out new episodes every Monday at 11 AM. And uh, we're going to restart our Saturday night, happy hour live streams on Saturday nights between seven or eight Eastern time. Thanks. Uh, we also have a sister podcast about Marvel called followers of the multiverse that we are kind of sporadic on. We did a bunch on Spider-Man. So if you want all of your Spider-Man needs can be taken care of. Um, if you guys want to listen to me, listen, watch all the Spider-Man movies for the first time. Uh, I know what I'm doing right after this interview. I had never <laughs> seen a Spider-Man movie before and David went, come on, watch them and podcast about it. And I'm apparently a sucker and said yes. And so, spoiler alert, I hate spiders. And so, I've got three Spider-Man tattoos. So I dragged Rachel to the TV and made her watch it. I mean, as much as dragged as you can, we've never met in person, David. Well, it's <laughs> dragged through the, I guess we could say the multiverse at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> And um, I will admit that for my last Spider-Man movie, I did cry like a little girl. As bad as that expression is. No, I cried like I did when I was five at Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> I bawled like a baby. <laughs> that is wonderful. So one more time uh, before we wrap this up, uh, give us the details on your fundraiser. Uh, how can people, you know, contribute? All that good stuff. Um, you can find all of the details. Um, we've ended up running it mainly off promotionally off Twitter um, at whatchoice22, all one thing on Twitter. I believe the handle, it's like if you search, you can find it under whatchoice or the question is whatchoice, but it's whatchoice22. It's gofundme.com slash what-choice and it's all linked on there. Um, we are raising money for the National Abortion Federation to help them have their programs of hotlines and clinic support and funds for those who need them. And uh, it's running continuously right now. And if you check out our um, Twitter page in the tag, you can see uh, there's some cool, cool raffles you can win if they're still running when this uh, episode comes out. And if not, you can see all of, all of the stuff we did for this um, fundraiser. Uh, David, did you get a, a last check of the GoFundMe before we came on? I'm not even sure what we're at. I've been. I'm, I'm actually staring at it right now. Uh, as 
thousand dollars. It's forty-two thousand six hundred dollars. I'm sorry. Wow, that is a big number. There's a that lot of a zeros. That's a is... lot of zeros. But no, that's that is amazing. I I applaud not only the work that you two have been doing, but also like your other coalition of podcasters. It's it's phenomenal work. Uh, David, Rachel, thank you so much for taking just a few minutes to talk to me about it. Uh, and best of luck. Keep up the fantastic work. Thank Thanks, you so much Mitch. for having really us. Really appreciate it. And now we're going to move on to the pull list. Uh, we have one and a half books to talk about. Um, the first thing that I want to mention, um, we're not actually, we didn't review it or anything like that because we reviewed it in the past. But um, the T-Dragon Society box set is out July 6th from Oni Press uh, by K. O'Neill. Uh, so the T-Dragon Society books have made their way to the pull list many times. Um, I know we've talked about at least two of them. I don't know if we talked about all three, to be honest with you. Um, no, we talked about Tapestry and yeah. one of the other ones. I don't remember what yeah. else. So anyway, but if you're like us and missed out on a book, uh, now you can get the entire story with this hardcover box set. Uh, join Greta, Minette, Hesekel, uh, Eric, and others as they care for adorable tea dragons. Um, yeah, like I, I remember the ones that we did read. Uh, just so absolutely adorable. I mean, the art is fantastic. It's one of those stories, too, that it's like it tells an important um, teaches you an important lesson, but it doesn't like hammer those lessons smack against you in the face your head. With it. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so that's coming out. Um, and then also out July 20th from Oni Press, uh, it's the, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about it in a second, but it's Whiteout Number One. It's written by Greg Rucka and art by Steve Lieber. Uh, so Oni Press is celebrating its 25th anniversary by reprinting some of their early works including Whiteout. Uh, U.S. Marshal Carrie Stetko uh, lives in Antarctica. Here she has found peace, but when a murder occurs, it's up to her to find the killer before they strike again. Um, this was my first time reading this. I really, I didn't even know that this book existed before Oni Press gave it to us to review. And this is, this is interesting. You know, it's not... It's not heavy, heavy, but I mean, but it's, I mean, for a murder in Antarctica, which like Antarctica, there we go. <laughs> um, you know, that's not something that happens every day. So it's, it's a really, it's an interesting premise. The art is phenomenal. It's, you know, it's in black and white, which I, I've complained about that before, but it works with this book. And I am here for that. And it's just it's just really, really good. Um, I don't know if they are reprinting other issues of this series or if they are just reprinting number one. But either way, it makes me want to go back and find the rest of the story. See, within a black and white, they don't have to worry about, you know, blood spatter on snow. That is true. That is true. Also, for some reason, my brain took Antarctica and murder and mixed penguins in there somehow and I, I, don't mind me it's been a long day yeah and plus with black and white i mean the penguin is still fully colored <laughs> well i guess minus the pink yeah from the back the penguin is fully colored <laughs> i also didn't realize that only press was a, has been around for that long like oh that's, yeah yeah so that could also be my uh not being a, much of a comic person shining through, but yeah, I didn't even know they existed until a couple years ago when we started reading stuff for them. So sorry. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So we have a bit of an interesting trailer takedown this week. We have three movies to talk about. Um, and I thought about trying to come up with another movie, which is possible. But at the same time, I'm like, uh, we've already got a long show and you know i didn't want to make it even longer so we're doing all three at the same time i am ignoring my own rule i know i know i didn't say anything but you looked your eyes said everything they needed to <laughs> Fair enough. so we're just doing all three of these at the same time same rules apply 10 points 
to spread out between the three movies. We have Hocus Pocus 2 going up against Harley Quinn Season 3 going up against Paper Girls. I started with Harley Quinn when I when I watched all these. And I spent most of the trailer saying to myself... This cartoon has no business being as good and as funny as it is. Um, I am a, I'm miserably behind, not on just this show, but with every show. I think I'm about midway through season two. So I, I was gonna say I got spoiled, but like I got spoiled on the spoiler alert: Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy are together. Um, I, but I was spoiled on that forever ago. Yeah, um, that's not new news anyway. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so like, um, I don't, I completely even lost my train of thought, but, but yeah, like this cartoon, it's just, it's so good. And I know when we first started talking about it, we all hated on it. Yeah. And if I could go back in time, I, I, you know, I, I would tell myself, Hey man, you're going to be eating crow like a lot of it. So here we are. Um, Hocus or, uh, Hocus Pocus 2 didn't give us a whole lot of information with the trailer it did a little bit uh it was cool to see the sanderson sanderson sisters back um and uh, none of them look like they've aged a day no (laughs) which i mean they're immortal witches so i I guess but um but yeah that was probably the highlight of the trailer for me was seeing them uh this otherwise looks to be like a new cast a new story you know um it's not like we're gonna see the kids from the original all grown up or anything like that which is unfortunate a little bit i don't know we might get a cameo and then paper girls um i've known about paper girls i've never read the comic it's based off of a comic book I've never read the comic. I, you know, I didn't know the premise or anything like that. So with this series, these girls, I guess, travel forward in time. They were in 1989 and then they... 98. 98? Mm-hmm. Or 19... No, they were in the 80s. Are you sure? Yes. I thought they said 98. Maybe I'm, mis- yeah. I'm backwards. I don't know. Anyway. Um, and then they jump forward to 2019 and one of the girls meets her older self. Um, amazing concept. Like, I I know that I won't, but I want to go and read the comic before this, this series comes out. Um, so, I am giving... I hated doing this. And I feel like if the matchups were different, if these trailers were going up against different trailers, these scores would be vastly different. But, like I said, like... I spent more than half of the Harley Quinn trailer saying how it's stupid how good that this show is. So I'm giving five points to Harley Quinn. Um, three points go to Hocus Pocus 2, and then two points go to Paper Girls. I felt bad, but at the same time, I'm like, it is what it is. So, Lydia, where were you? Yeah, so I completely agree about Harley Quinn. Uh, we We started watching that. A little over a month ago, just because it's like, well, we don't really want to pay attention to anything. What can we put on that we won't care about? And we have loved every second of this stupid ass show. So this trailer, I'm super excited for because, like you said, like spoiled for the whole Harley Ivy thing, but also knew it was coming. We actually just got to that episode in season two, so... I'm excited to actually see them like play off of that more in the next season. Um, Hocus Pocus 2. They've been talking about this movie for so long. So I'm super excited that it's finally actually happening. This trailer worries me. I feel like they're going to try to make it too much like some other like teen witchy horror or slightly horror movies and storylines. I feel like they're going to pull from that more than... The actual like hocus pocus uh <laughs> legacy i guess is a good word for it because let's face it this movie has a massive cult following at this point humongous yeah <laughs> so i want to see more i want to see a little bit more of what they're planning to do with the overall storyline but i'm still excited um paper girls i have never heard anything about the trailer pulled me in it's cute 
but I wish they had given me a little bit more than just, oh, teen girl runs into her future self, the end. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Seen that multiple times. If you're going to use that as your basis for a storyline, I need I need more. I need more information and more reason to watch this, but it still looks cute and looks fun. Oddly enough, I am going to exactly mirror your points because that, uh, that was how I had already broken it down in my head. So yeah, five to Harley, three to Hocus Pocus, and two to Paper Girls. And I guess that means that we are, um, you know, two brains, one thought. Yeah. Ew. Mm. Yeah. I regret my life decisions. Yeah. So if I title this episode Two Brains, One Thought, am I going to spell thought T-H-O-T? It's you, so probably. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. (laughs) I feel like there would be a shame here, but I don't know if it'd be me or you. (laughs) Honestly, probably both of us. Probably. I'm just going to put those down for her because let's be honest. So, uh, Paper Girls comes in third with four points. Hocus Pocus 2 comes in second with six. And Harley Quinn wins this week's trailer takedown with 10 points. Uh, I do... One of the things that kind of like... And all these trailers were short. You know, they were all about a minute, you know, and some change. But with the Paper Girls one, like... I was perplexed. And I don't know if they explain it. And I hope that they do. But why did... So, the, the girl that met her older self... Why did the older self look like she was like so surprised about this? Because if- unless it's the first time that they jumped forward, like and this is the first iteration of that timeline. But still, you- time travel is a tricky thing, and it hurts my brain. Okay? Very tricky. <laughs> but like, even yeah, I don't know. It's like I don't know. You're right. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> Let's just go into gut reaction. Sounds good. Gut reaction. With gut reaction, there are some stories that both Matt and Tabitha had contributed. Uh, They are not here, so Lydia is kind enough to talk about their stories. Uh, We're going to start off. This is one of Tabitha's stories, um, and we are going to talk about Chris Pratt's name. (laughs) Because, you know, he he didn't already have... Issues with his name being Chris Pratt in the first place. I mean, that's how I have that written down in in, in my notes. Her too. It's great. (laughs) Um, So apparently in a podcast interview, uh, Chris Pratt revealed that he does not commonly go by Chris or even Christopher to friends and family and often answers to Pratt or just his initials CP. Um, friend recently joked that no one calls you Chris. Well, I'm going to call you Chris. And he responded with, no, that feels weird. It's not my name. Don't call me Chris. Which, I mean, okay, you have every right to be called whatever you want, but if that's the case, why would you make that, like, basically your stage name? I know that's not the correct term for it in movie world, but, like, I feel like if you're going to go by something else, then don't put it out there for the world to call you Chris. But, I mean, hey, you do you, dude. Um, Thumbs sideways for me. I don't know where Tabitha sums at, though. Yeah, let's not talk about where Tabitha's thumbs at. Oh, um, this is just getting worse and worse. <laughs> and it's my fault. Go ahead and shame me. That's <laughs> fair. Um, uh, I'm giving this one a thumbs down. Um, I I get it. I get where Chris is coming from. I'm sorry, where <laughs> Pratt is coming from. Um, I know th- there are plenty of people in my life that I refer to them as just their last name. Mm-hmm. Hi, Pickett. <laughs> we, we miss you. Um, but, uh, and even though I personally don't, I know plenty of other people who are referred to by their initials. You mm-hmm. know, um, those people, I don't refer to them by their initials because that's weird. Um, Typically, whatever name I learn you by when I first meet you is what you're stuck with. Yeah, basically. So if you decide somewhere down the line that you don't want to be called Mitch, you're, you're out of luck. Yeah. But yeah, so like I, I get that to a certain extent, but like don't be like, oh, that's not my name. That's not my name. That's that's literally your name mm-hmm. because you go by Chris Pratt. Yep. If you went by Christopher Pratt, 
if that's you know if Jurassic World starred Christopher Pratt, then okay, sure, maybe you have a leg to stand on. But at the same time, it's like it's part of your name. It's mm-hmm. it's like half your name. It's half your first name. So yeah, yeah. Step off, Chris Pratt. <laughs> so uh, now we're gonna switch to one of Matt's stories, and it's. I'm assuming I'm pronouncing this right. Fantastic? Yeah, I think that would be fantastic. It just doesn't have the A in it. So, but we're assuming it's fantastic. Developer of the uh, Steam game the day before. Anticipated release of March 1st of next year. Um, Apparently, the company claimed that every employee paid or not is a volunteer. Um, And they categorized their workers as full-time volunteers and part-time volunteers. Former category are regular paid employees, but the latter are unpaid uh, people who still contribute to the v- development of the game. Um, unpaid volunteers, I guess, get cool rewards and participation certificates and free codes, but they're not actually paid money, I guess. So, how are you going to have all these people that you basically have as employees, but you're not going to? pay them for their time and their effort in this like who cares about free game codes and stuff like that like and not only that is it for this game that they have developed (laughs) or is it just for steam as a whole that's my question because if you're offering your unpaid employees codes and free like things for the game they helped make I'm pretty sure these people could just hack their way in and don't need your free codes. So maybe, you know, pay your employees, even if you're not going to call them employees. Thumbs down. Yeah, I mean, this, there is no defending this or anything like that. This gets an absolute thumbs down. Um, The sad thing is, I mean, this kind of thing happens all the time. Hi, unpaid interns. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, and unfortunately, it's, you know, it's probably a lot of, you know, like, oh, I'm paying you an exposure. You're getting all this awesome work experience. Because, you know, I pay my rent with all these exposures. Right. Yeah. Hi, hi, Mr. Landlord. Um, I have game codes. <laughs> can, can I continue to live here for another month? Okay, thanks. Bye. Yeah. Ugh. All right. <clears throat> So, this year, IDW is celebrating 15 years of publishing Star Trek comics, as well as their 400th issue with the franchise. Uh, Star Trek number 400 will be a one-shot of stories from all across the Star Trek universe, including a Next Generation story by Will Wheaton. Uh, The comics publisher is also launching a three-issue miniseries based on Star Trek Lower Decks by Ryan North and Chris Finoglio. Uh, both comics release in September. Um, definite thumbs up. I initially submitted this story only because of the lower decks, but then um, when I saw that they were doing like this Star Trek 400, I was like, "Ooh, this sounds really cool." Um, you know, and and I don't read the Star Trek comics religiously, but like I I, I do kind of pick and choose. I will definitely be picking up this miniseries as well as this one shot. Uh, both sound phenomenal. Lower decks, like it's sadly the only Star Trek show that's on Paramount Plus right now that I keep current with. Um, and I just I love every second of it. So yeah, definite thumbs up, Lydia. Yeah, this sounds really fun, really cool. I like the idea of them pulling from all of the different like Star Trek universes because let's be honest there are dozens at this point so the idea that they're going to pull from that many different sources to make this including things like Lower Decks is really fun let's be honest I'm not going to read it because it's just not who I am as a person but <laughs> it sounds cool and I'm excited so thumbs up <laughs> Sticking with comics for a second, uh, comic writer and Whovian Dan Slott is getting to pilot the TARDIS for Titan Comics. Uh, Slott will write three annual Doctor Who specials for the comics publisher, starting with October's Doctor Who Special 2022. The first issue will feature Martha Jones as she is abducted by the Pyromaths. Trying to distract them in order to escape, Martha tells them three stories about the 10th Doctor. Also giving this a thumbs up. 
Also, I don't religiously read the Doctor Who comics, but you know, I, again, like if I see a miniseries, I'm like, hmm, this might be cool. Like I'll pick it up and read it. Um, I know that Dan Slott is a huge Whovian. Um, he wrote Silver Surfer for a few years, and that was basically a love letter to Doctor Who. And I, I loved his run on Silver Surfer, so I'm very excited about this. Thumbs up, Lydia. I didn't understand a word you just said, but you're excited, so thumbs up. Yay. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't who. You don't who, you don't comic, like I have a short attention span. And that's been going for a really, 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 really long time. And yeah, that that's my story and I'm sticking to it. That's fair. So um Got another story from Matt. Uh, This one talks about Rings of Power. In an interview with IGN, members of the production team for the Amazon show Rings of Power uh, spoke on their portrayal of the classic villains, uh, meaning uh, the orcs in the Lord of the Rings universe. Um, Apparently, they are going to be including some female orcs in the show. Um, executive producer Lindsay Weber said there is some female orcs that I truly loved and apparently origins of the orcs is going to be a point of contention with some of the people that are working on this I don't know he didn't tell me I'm gonna guess but um, I could see how you know oh, orcs big angry men characters now being portrayed as female I could see people being angry about that cause you know People suck. Um, But I'm given the idea that they are kind of branching out on what these characters can be. A huge thumbs up. And if I'm reading this note correctly as the uh, point of contention being among the people producing the show, then thumbs down to them. You know, quit being sexist. (laughs) Um, Yeah, total thumbs up to the idea of female orcs. Um, Why not? Yeah, go for it. Do your thing, girl orc. Um, that was bad. I'm sorry. I don't know if it was worth a shame, but it was bad. Yeah, yeah I feel like she'd have cringed at you, though. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, but you're absolutely right. Um, you know, some of these snowflakes are going to just, like, <laughs> freak out over, like, why, why aren't all my orcs men? It's like Everybody's got to be a female these days. Okay, SpongeBob slash Squidward <laughs> rolled into one. <laughs> SpongeWord? Yeah. SquidBob? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like that is something that you would find on the hentai section of certain websites. Yeah. Yeah. Rule 34, kids. It's a real thing. Uh. <laughs> so. Let's move on to one of Tabitha's stories and talk about uh, Canada's Drag Story Hour. <laughs> so, um, so Canadian libraries are seeing some of the uh, anti-LGBTQ movements that have popped up in the U.S. Um, so Drag Queen Story Hours are seeing a lot of vitriol aimed at them with libraries from Montreal to Victoria, both usually very queer inclusive cities getting hate mail, threats, protests against all ages of drag shows and story hours. Uh, Most seem to be led by, quote, freedom convoy groups. Uh, Victoria's all-age drag show has been running without incident for years. Um, One librarian, CEO of the... Or... I don't know what that says. Aurelia Public Library in Ontario responded to the threats by doubling down. Uh, Bessie Sullivan said they pissed me off. So actually, we what we did as they this ratcheted up, I added a second story time. So basically, their response to all the hate and all the protests were "Screw you! I'm doing this more," which is the best response you could ever have, <laughs> especially in a situation like this. So good for them. Keep it up with your story times. Huge thumbs up to you. Yeah, this is awesome. Definite thumbs up. I've never seen a drag story hour, but I am sure that it's not as scary as, you know, the these Proud Boys think that it is. Like, I'm 
sure that they are not indoctrinating children or anything like that. Um, it's, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've seen some raunchy drag queens. Mm-hmm. I highly doubt that any of them are reading stories to children. Yeah. Say, so I feel like the drag queens that are like that are probably a little bit too uppity for that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So just slow your roll. Yep. It's all going to be fine. But good for you, public libraries in Canada. <laughs> so speaking of books, um, earlier this month, paranormal romance and thriller author Lisa Kessler took to Twitter to call out a TikTok hack. Uh, a new trend is for people to buy an ebook off of Amazon's Kindle service and per the return policy, return it within seven days for a refund. There are two issues with this. Uh, one, the royalties are deducted from the author's Amazon account. Uh, Kessler pointed out that at the time of the tweet, she owed Amazon money. Uh, also, Amazon charges authors a, quote, digital delivery fee, which is BS, but we're not uh, not even talking about that yet. Um, so it charges authors a digital delivery fee when people buy ebooks, but does not return that fee if to the author if a book is returned. So Kessler pointed out that previously she would rarely receive any returns. And if it was, it was like one or two returns at a time. You know, usually if someone accidentally bought the same book twice, totally understandable. She gets that. She understands that, whatever. But then she noticed uh, a, a swell of returns in May. And she also noticed that like this trend on TikTok started in March and it includes a hashtag read and return challenge where TikTokers would see how quickly they could read a book before returning it. Uh, Kessler also mentioned that Amazon doesn't allow for returns on digital movies or music once the consumer hits play. So her thing is like, why are books any different? So um, I'm giving I'm giving Lisa Kessler a huge thumb up for thumbs up for calling this out and hopefully, you know, these TikTokers see this and, you know, like change their ways. Doubtful. Nah, doubtful. <laughs> Us humans, we're a we're a prickly bunch. Yeah. Um but uh but thumbs down to literally everything else in this. Thumbs down for, you know, the TikTokers who do this and to their benefit, you know, until I read more about it. You know, I, I didn't realize that that would happen. I mean, makes sense. But, you know, like, I don't believe that, like, if I go to Barnes & Noble, pick up a book, and then return it, I don't believe that that affects the author's royalties in any way at that point, you know. So, I can see why somebody on TikTok would think that, you know, think the same thing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, thumbs down to Amazon for, you know... Well, everything, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's fine. I still give them way too much money. Um, but, like, especially that digital delivery fee. Like, yeah. hi, what's up, Ticketmaster? <laughs> um, yeah. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. Thumbs up to you, Lisa. Thumbs down to everything else. Yeah, absolutely Lydia. thumbs up to her because, like, someone needed to call this out and good for her for being the one to speak up to do it. My question on... Like, the whole Amazon front is, like, was brought up. If movies and music and all these other things are, once you download it, you're done. You can't get your money back. Why are books any different if you're downloading a digital copy? Also, and I don't know if this is true for Amazon, Kindle, anything like that, but I know a lot of things that you can download books and things like that for once you buy it, you can literally download and save a copy to your computer. Mm-hmm. So can you buy it from Amazon, download it somewhere, and then return it? So you get your money back, but now you still have access to the content? Yeah. See, I don't know. Because, like, as far as ebooks go, like, I typically, I typically don't mess with ebooks um i do have kindle unlimited mostly because i got a free trial and i forgot to cancel it and you know whatever um but like so like with something like that and lisa pointed out like that the 
like because with Kindle Unlimited, you it, that's basically a library. You borrow the book, and then when you're done with it, you return it. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not affected in what's going on. Okay. Um, but yeah, so like with that, I don't know. I really don't know how that works. So because I know like because I did like Audible through Amazon before, mm-hmm. so audiobooks. And once you purchased the book, you could download it, so you didn't have to be online to listen to it. So it was just saved to your phone in a like a, a file. So would this be the same thing? Would you be able to download it, save it, and then, oh, I, w- I don't want this anymore and return it and get your money back? Screwing the artist, or, uh, <clears throat> the author over twice? Yeah. Now, the books that you, or yeah, the, the audio books that you would download from Audible, you would still have to listen to that through Audible, though, correct? I th- think so. Okay. So theoretically, if that were the case, maybe if you returned it, Maybe you'd no longer have access to it. Yeah. I don't know. It was just a thought. I don't know how a lot of those ones work. I just know there's certain things that work that way where you just download it directly to whatever device you're using. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. Thumbs up to her for speaking up for it. Thumbs down to literally everything else. So Lydia, you get to talk about the last two stories of the night. Oh boy. Oh yeah. And they are fun. Oh boy. <laughs> um, the first one, it, it's a story from Matt. And it's a story that I noticed and was going to bring up, but forgot about it. Um, but actually, speaking of Amazon, Alexa <laughs> is doing something real weird right now. Real weird and real freaking creepy. Um, so apparently, Alexa now has a new experimental feature that mimics the voices of the user's dead relatives. Creepy. Um so there's a video at the annual Mars conference where a child asks Alexa to read a bedtime story in the voice of his dead grandmother. The goal is to add human attributes to AI systems. Horrible idea. Um, Amazon's head scientist, uh, Rohit Prasad, uh, said, while AI can't eliminate that pain loss, it can definitely make memories last. Um, no indication of this if this feature will be made public uh, anytime soon or at all. Um, but, you know, rightfully so, it has been called creepy and a monstrosity by users on social media. I have to agree. Because <laughs> not only do we, you know, look at a potential future of AI just completely obliterating us all, now we have to fear it doing it while speaking to us like people that have already died? That is not a nightmare that I needed, Amazon. Thank you, though. Also, how do you get the voices in there? Because, like, I don't know how the science of this works. Theoretically, wouldn't you have to, like, record someone and then it would play through? Or... Is it just uh, you kind of input what you remember of the person's yeah. voice and they just come up with what it, they think it is from there? And you could probably like either upload an audio file or if you, I, I'm assuming you have to have at least some kind of recording. I would think. Maybe you can just like, you don't even have to upload anything, but like you can play a recording in front of Alexa and she listens. I don't know. This whole premise is just, yeah, super creepy. I don't want an Alexa in my house anyway because, you know, I don't need some creepy AI that can turn my lights on and off and lock my doors and all that fun stuff on me. I have enough issues with that on my own without my house attacking me. (laughs) The the idea of, you know, like my poppy just randomly like speaking to me out of Alexa's speaker without permission because I know that happens too. Like Alexa just decides, hey, I'm going to speak now would scare me absolutely shitless no thank you keep your experimental things to yourself thumbs down no yeah um yeah absolute thumbs down uh are there people in my life that i've lost that i would love the chance to hear their voice again absolutely but not like that do i want to do I want to, you know, like say, hey, Alexa, remind me to pick up eggs and then have my dead grandfather respond back? No, I don't <laughs> want that. That does not create lasting memories. That is terrifying. 
Like, no. Like, like, I will keep that in, in my heart. Yep. And just stop, Alexa. Just stop. There's nothing good about this. And you are absolutely right. When AI finally takes over, they're going to try to soothe us <laughs> with the voices of our dead relatives. Well, they murder us. Yeah. That's how they lull you into a false sense of security. Oh my god, can you imagine that freaky like AI talking robot mimicking somebody? Ugh. Yeah, no. No. Let's move on to our last story of the night. Please. <laughs> way way less creepy. Pretty fun. It's a story from Tabitha. And there's a horse in Iceland that'll uh, write some emails for you. So again, reading straight from her uh, her notes here, says, as part of efforts to highlight Iceland as a travel destination, the country's tourism office has trained several horses to type out-of-office emails so that you don't have to. And it's calling the marketing campaign Outhorse Your Email. Ah, uh, that's funny. Uh, they built a giant keyboard which the horse trots over, and apparently it is a free service, so you could just, you know, have them do this for absolutely nothing, and all you have to do is fill out a form on their website. Responses don't make any sense. They're complete gibberish because why wouldn't they be with, you know, horses just trotting across this gigantic keyboard? <laughs> but their website says... Disconnect from work and let the horses of Iceland reply to your emails while you are on vacation. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> like, I'm just imagining, like, my work email where I generally get, you know, customers calling in for status updates on their car and things like that. And just being like, hey, Iceland horse, respond back to that for me. And them just getting... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who came up with this. I feel like they were very bored, but I absolutely love this idea. Yeah, I love everything about this, and and I know you were reading it from you know Tabitha's thing, but like I need to know is this is this exclusive to Icelandic residents? Can I do this as a red blooded American? Happy Fourth of July, everybody! <laughs> um, I mean, if it's an email, it wouldn't necessarily have to come from here. Right, so but you got to fill out a form or yeah. something like that. Do you have to like prove Icelandic residency? I am willing to denounce my American, you know, American status or whatever if it gets me a horse email. I feel like a lot of people probably would at this point in time, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> For a lot more important reasons than a horse email, but hey, that's yeah. that's where I'm at. What does that say about me? <laughs> I mean, I would think if they're trying to you know, you know promote Iceland as a travel destination, they wouldn't want to like <clears throat> narrow it down to just Iceland. I would think they would allow people from pretty much anywhere. Yeah. Well, let's find know. out. Because yeah. uh, I, I just... Uh, Opened the I mean, link to the <laughs> the website. Awesome. There's a video. <laughs> it's just like this giant Clydesdale just like tapping at this keyboard. It's great. Because I've got a. I mean, I'll I'll be out of town next weekend, and like I'm leaving on Friday, going to Fan Expo, and so I've got to work on my out of office email. Mitch. You can pick what horse you want. I can pick the horse? <laughs> and it gives you descriptions. Like, I, I can't read these names because they're Icelandic, apparently. But, like, this one says, types fast, but might take a nap. This Same. one says, assertive, efficient, shiny hair. <laughs> <laughs> Friendly, trained in corporate buzzwords. Same. <laughs> oh, this is uh. amazing. There's apparently a video about how the horses learn to write emails. I feel like I could just spend an hour or more on this website and just be the happiest I've been for quite a while, <laughs> especially with anything related to work. It does not really say if you have to be in Iceland to do it. I would imagine All right. not. All right. Well, we're going to look into this a little bit more. Yes. Okay. We will find out, and this is going to be phenomenal. Yes. 
So that is going to do it for this episode of Geek Awakens. Uh, like I said, I'll be at Fan Expo, so we're not going to have an episode next week uh, so that I can get ready for that. Uh, but we'll be back soon. Um, in the meantime, check us out on social media. Tell us what cool stuff we're missing out on. Any questions, comments, or concerns, then shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. From both of us at The Geek Awakens <laughs> right now. Um, thanks for listening, and we hope to catch you next time. Um, everybody say bye. 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 <laughs>